Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, we are going to be doing something different. With the COVID-19 pandemic, we decided that we would talk to leaders in public accounting and banking from around the country to help advise us on what we need to do as a business and what we need to do as advisors to individuals and businesses. Obviously, this is a unique situation that none of us have ever gone through before, and so we're learning on the fly. Hopefully, these individuals we talk to today will give us information on technology that's going to help us ramp up in this almost overnight need to work from home. They're going to give us advice on how we need to be prepared to advise our clients, not only on this downward trend that we're in right now because of the pandemic, but prepare them for a recovery and how we get through that as well. We're going to talk to a banker on the options that are available from a finance standpoint to help them weather this and also help prepare them to come out the other side with successful businesses. When I was uh, coming up with the idea for this show, and really this just came together yesterday, and everybody that's going to be on today was very gracious to be able to get on quick and, and discuss this. But when I was coming up with this idea, I was trying to figure out who would be a great guest to lead us off. The first name that came to mind was Tom Hood. I've known of Tom for quite a while, but I've actually never met Tom in person before. And out of the blue yesterday, I emailed him and asked him if he could be part of this. And he quickly, quickly uh, agreed to be part of it. So I really appreciate that. Uh, for those of you who don't know Tom, let me give you a quick introduction. And I think you'll see why I want him to be on with our first, as our first guest. Tom is president and CEO of the Maryland Association of public accountants, and CEO and founder of the Business Learning Institute. Tom is on a mission to help CPAs, finance, and accounting professionals thrive in these times of exponential change. I really don't think Tom had in mind the challenges that we're going through today, but obviously it fits our current situation. Tom, I really appreciate you being on and, and thank you very much for being here. Randy, it's, uh, it's truly an honor and um you're exactly right. I never thought exponential times, I thought it would apply more to technology than a virus, but I'm we're sure. dealing with that exact phenomenon right now. Yeah, I'm sure. So there's really two points I think, I, 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 well, we can go anywhere, obviously, but there was two points I wanted to hit on today. And the first is, you know, I know you are an influencer in this profession. People look to you, people probably ask you questions. I'm sure at this point in time, you're getting all kinds of questions coming in and, and you know, about how do we do this? What do we handle? How do we, you know, whatever the direction. And so I'm just wondering in general, what are you having to deal with today? So I, I think first and foremost, I look at my membership in the Maryland Association of CPAs, about 8,000 CPAs. And the overriding thing that's impacting them, in fact, is taxes, right? So the whole tax headlines, what's happening in Congress. And interesting enough, as part of, of my job, that's a big part of my role is advocacy. So mm -hmm. We just ended the Maryland General Assembly yesterday afternoon early, 21 days early, first time since the Civil War that that wow. happened. And then we're in the middle of this Treasury debate where Secretary Mnuchin actually extended the payment deadline, but failed to extend the filing deadline. So yeah. our members are writing all over the place saying, help us, what are we going to do? And so we're putting together a major grassroots campaign 
to write to Secretary Mnuchin, IRS Commissioner Reddig, um, the Tax Preparer Advocates Office, and copy Congress so that, that we can say, look, there's a lot of people that now firms are working on a completely remote worker basis, at least in Maryland for sure, and that's impacting them. Some of them that weren't ready, they're not as productive as they could be or should be. And so their ability to get these returns done timely is very impaired. Not to mention the taxpayer side, who often there's still businesses that come in with that you know shoebox, if you will, or bring their information into their preparer, and they're not gonna be able to do that. So those are the arguments we're making for the Treasury to do that. Now, I know the Treasury's distracted. They just enacted the big family leave bill last night. That's going to have implications for everyone yep. um, from an employer standpoint. And now they're working on the stimulus or the uh, aid package. So they're clearly distracted, but we're going to hit them with um, grassroots and asking firms, uh, our corporate members, and all of our grassroots to help start doing that. So that's one big area that's going to get impacted and stay impacted for the near future. The other one is when CPAs are saying, well, what's going to happen? Almost everything that's going to happen is going to have to involve taxes at some point. They're going to use the tax system to get money out and to track, like that Family Leave Act has a credit for small business employers who might have to pay for this stuff. So huge opportunity for us to pay, pay attention and anticipate what's going to be coming through all this um, aid and restructure from the economy standpoint. From now, that, uh, I'm sorry, Tom, right. real quick on that credit you were just talking about. I've read it briefly, you know, the first time through, it looked confusing to me. Is it confusing? It's, it's Everything's confusing right now, it, Randy. It's just, and that's what we're going to be doing is trying to force uh, clarification so that CPAs aren't guessing at these tricky compliance issues. I mean, I think it's going to underscore how important this profession is to the, the whole United States economy. Oh, yeah, um, sure. Because we are integral in that notion. So that's a big one. I would say, yes, it's going to be challenging. And I think there's some big opportunities as we work through this. So that's one of the things we're starting to pay attention to. Now, the second one gets to the other part of this, which is everyone's working remotely and the impact on that. So uh, culture, remote, flexible workplace. I think I saw a headline. Oh, it's Time Magazine said the coronavirus outbreak has become the world's largest work from home experiment. Oh yeah. And that's so true. So a lot of folks are writing us about how do you keep your teams engaged? How do we deal with that? So that's another area that we're spending some time. The next piece has to do with how are we gonna keep them trained? So how are we gonna keep them trained? We say we've already done a lot of that. Both what you learn and how you learn has been changing. We've initiated nano learning uh, about three or four years ago. We got that passed. It is a national standard. Some states haven't passed it yet, but we have several groundbreaking programs that are going to be in these 10-minute chunks of CPE to allow busy professionals to learn in lots of little chunks instead of having to sit and binge watch a, a four-hour webcast or an eight-hour conference rebroadcast. We're also busy virtualizing a lot of our events, and we're, and we're working with firms right now on some really creative ways of creating an interactive, engaging partner retreat or staff uh, involvement sessions that begin to help increase engagement, 
and productivity of your teams. So that's- I think that's going to be important what you just said there because everybody working remotely, you know, it's the morale can just be affected. People aren't going to have that face-to-face uh, contact. Yeah. Obviously, you and I are having face-to-face right now over a Zoom video. That might be a, what you were just talking about. That maybe that's a solution. That's what we're going to need to do. It's a big, so visual communications technology, hard trend, right? It's been advancing, gotten better every year, right? I don't know if you've been on Zoom for a while, but every year it gets better, better bandwidth, better quality. So you can count on that. So that's the good news in all this. And I would say start with Zoom or, or uh, Skype or Google Hangouts, whatever you can, most of them free, and make sure you're getting your teams together on a frequent basis. Now, we go a step further than that because you're going to need some ways for them to also communicate. So we talk about Slack. If you're in a Google environment or don't have uh, Office 365, Office Teams, I guess 365 Teams is another tool. But creating channels where people can communicate, get their questions answered, solve problems, that's a big one. But, but what we're really excited about is we have this groundbreaking learning that's done in literally like three-minute single-topic chunks. It's the Anticipatory Organization by Dan Burris. And that includes working areas and then every month we bring teams together and we say now it's like a book club all right what did you learn how does it apply to your firm and your clients and we capture all that so literally you could be doing strategic planning in literally one hour a week um, with a monthly check-in and end up with some really powerful things that we've seen coming out of the firms we're working with so so there's an alternative to what we used to have is the high touch in person you can still have a high touch virtual some of it self-guided learning and some of it getting the team and, and debriefing on that. Um, so that's another one we're excited about. And then the other one is we did an experiment back in, in October with a platform called Matchbox. They, uh, we use it, we call it CPA Convene. And what's cool about this one, Randy, is you could basically pre-record panels. We actually had panels. We had Barry Melanson, the AICPA, Jeff Thompson, IMA, CPA Canada, us, a couple other folks. And we had these three one-hour panels that were pre-recorded on Zoom, just like we're doing now. Mm -hmm. And then we play that inside this platform and all the participants who register begin to communicate with the panelists in a live chat stream. So interesting enough in this three panels, one hour each, in a three-hour time slot, we had 30,000 words exchanged from about 300 participants. Wow. Isn't that huge? And then what happens is now you use data analytics, right? This is all like hard trend technology things. Data analytics analyzes the chat, comes up with themes, and I'll have to send it to you. We have a whole white paper, Amazing. Yeah. crowdsourced white paper about the future of the profession that you could do with your, imagine a firm, a big firm, trying to gather all your people together, say, how are we doing with this? What are we doing? And allow them to participate with the partner group, answering questions, responding back, and then capture that and put it in a white paper and say, here's what everybody said. Yeah, that, that's, that's amazing. And that acceleration of, of technology and people needing to get to this level, obviously, is, is hitting, the, hitting it hard right now. Are you having to deal with direct impact from the virus or your, oh, yeah. your members? And, and, and if you had, if you counseled members on that at all? We, we are right now, a lot of our members are heads down in the tax environment, yep. um, but we are starting that we're probably going to start a weekly like chat for any member to jump in and, and say what they are. We are spinning up our virtual communities so that they have places where they can talk about and we're mining those communities with, with data analytics to see what the themes are so we can begin in real time to address them. 
as an association, all of our physical events that we had coming up, a couple big conferences, they're all now canceled. We're scrambling to make those virtual. Much of them might be on this um, CPA Convene platform. So that's big. And then on my consulting side, underneath of our umbrella, we have a bunch of firms that we're trying to help figure out how do we help you have that partner retreat and not lose anything, maybe even gain from making it virtual. So we're beginning to start out with those conversations as well. So we are going to be ready for members that might be severely impacted. I think it's too early to feel that impact though. Right. No, right? We're only a couple of weeks in, but certainly them and their clients. So we are reaching out to the SBA to see if we can get resources there. And we're talking to the Maryland state uh, government about what they're going to do to help out. So CPAs can at least be a source or a user if in fact their businesses are impacted. So right. that is what we're doing on that front. Well, I think I think all that information is great. I think that's really important for 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 our listeners. I, I, we're going to be, and I mentioned, we're going to be talking to a bunch of other leaders in the industry over the next two days, and hopefully get this out quick. But I think that's going to be a common theme is this technology, and that's that's the reason I wanted to have you on first, just because I know that that is a passion of yours, and and I'm guessing it will be even more important even by the time this is released, hopefully within a week, because uh, I actually listened to a podcast. And I think it was through your uh, Business Learning Institute that was on this, and it was released just a couple days ago, recorded a week ago, and information already seems out of date. That's how quick things are changing right now. We're re-recording that as we speak. And, and if I could just close with one thing, Randy, which I think is the other part of my passion, which is this, this point of leadership. These times are going to require us as CPAs and, and those in the firms, et cetera, to be extraordinary leaders. And I think what we have to do is combat the other virus. So we have this physical coronavirus, but we also have a fear virus that's spreading, has the risk of spreading equally as bad, impacting our cultures and our humans. And so what we need now is, we we like to say, it's one of Dan Burris's final lessons in his program. It's called Choose to Be Extraordinary. And what I love about that is he says, look, you can sit down and sit there and whatever your situation is, let's think about the things that you know about, what you know and can control, focus there. And then the second thing is say, what would an extraordinary leader do in my situation? What would they do if they walked in and got the same situation as me? And he says, now take that, like write down some ideas. What would you think an extraordinary leader would do? After you're done writing that list, go do that. That's the key, right? So let's combat the fear virus with really strong leadership, hope and inspiration through this. And I hope all your listeners stay safe and healthy, their families, their companies and organizations throughout this piece. And you also, Randy. So, Well, thank you very much. And you as well and your whole organization. And I think people are going to be very interested to hear more of what you have to say and, and what you're doing. And I'm guessing maybe just looking up on LinkedIn, they can get to wherever you do things. Or is there other ways LinkedIn, to get all of you? Certainly our... Uh, our our, our website, macpay.org, if you, if you look in our blog, we'll be posting lots of blog updates about all of this kind of stuff and more. We will be doing some LinkedIn Live and all that. So between LinkedIn and macpa.org, O-R-G, slash blog, you'll be able to get lots of updates about what we're doing and how we're thinking about this crazy time we're in. Yep, it is crazy time. Well, I really appreciate you being here and, and truly uh, stay safe out there. All right. Thank you much, man. 
All right, our next guest on this special episode is Richard Koppelman. Uh, Richard's been on the show before, but a quick uh, reintroduction to Richard. Richard is CEO and managing partner at Aprio, an Atlanta-based CPA-led advisory firm. Richard, I appreciate you getting back on a call with me, and I appreciate you doing it so quickly. We just set this up yesterday, but it's kind of strange time, so I, I, I thank you. My pleasure. So a couple of things why I thought about getting you on this special episode. One, before I even jump into that, just how's the firm doing? I, I'm assuming it's pretty much a, uh, a remote operation at this point for you guys. Uh, and what do you have, 450 plus employees? So we're at a total of uh, just shy of 600. Oh, um, man. So 80 in our cloud practice are already remote because they, they live in 25 different states and don't go to an office ever. So um, luckily, we had a piece of our business that we could learn a lot from. Yep. Uh, but today, we're you know, 90% remote. We have some of our offices are less affected than others. Okay. And so obviously that's going to probably continue. The one thing I've been telling people, um, we're recording this, it's going to be released in a week and things are going to be a lot different probably a week from now than they are today. So we shall see. The one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about on this, because I saw last week, you guys came out with a with an article, a PDF, uh, advisory uh, informational bulletin for clients that basically, I think it was titled, is your business prepared and responding to the COVID-19 threat? And and so I saw that, but then I saw just today, I think it was, you released a, a website where you're giving clients advice on on things that they should be doing to be prepared. Well, obviously reacting to what is going on. So yes, so we launched uh, at aprio.com slash covid uh, we've launched a resource page. Uh, we've populated it now with, uh, I think, around 10 articles and quick, you know, three to four minute videos on actions that, uh, you know, depending on your circumstances, that you should, uh, you know, you should look at whether that's anything from debt refinancing to discussions with your landlord to cash management and implementing a 13 week cash flow schedule, which I think is mandatory for every business today you know to, to the recent tax bill that came out and financial disclosures that are required and much more is coming over the next uh, 48 hours yeah so this is a, an evolving obviously page and and obviously the whole situation's evolving as well but but uh, on there i think there was nine points that you were uh, or nine key factors that people should be looking at to to currently do is there any of those that you want to highlight uh, over another well, I just actually pulled it up, so I have it in front of me. You know, listen, I think the first thing everybody's got to do is, uh, it, depending on the situation they're in, because we have some clients that are actually thriving in this uh, in this environment because of what they manufacture or their just particular circumstance. Uh, but I think the first thing is you've got to be able to, you got to be prepared to be remote. Our CTO said we crammed a two years worth of transformation into five days. And it's going really, really well, I might say, in terms of, in terms of being, um, uh, being remote. I think the first thing you got to do, as I mentioned before, I think it's a must that every got, everybody's got to have a 13-month cash flow schedule. Yep. I think everybody's got to be in constant communication with key vendors and their, their key stakeholders from an equity and debt perspective and make sure that they're communicating with them and they're letting them know what, what's happening with their business and what changes are um, are coming. And obviously that's still evolving and we're waiting on a, uh, the stimulus legislation, which I think is probably gonna address some of that as well with 
SBA loans and that, but you do have some information for people to get involved with the SBA uh, uh, loan options that are out there now? Yeah, so we've got a couple of partners that mainly work with restaurant and hospitality clients, which of course were the first ones to be hit the hardest and the deepest across the country. Most restaurants are closed or only doing takeout. We've got a team working uh, side by side with our clients, preparing the information necessary to go to the SBA directly uh, with the loan applications to apply for uh, interim financing. And are you getting, uh, is this a busy time just in general? Are clients calling for advice? I'm assuming all this stuff is uh, is coming in quickly. So by Friday, our goal is that we will have called 100% of our clients. Uh, many of our clients, the larger ones, we're on the phone with, um, with every day. Um, I've talked to, I don't know, in the last four days, this is Thursday, I think. Um, I, I've talked to, you know, large percentage of our top, 50 clients just to check on them. How are they doing? What's going on? Some are unaffected. Some are actually benefiting and then others are, you know, making the necessary changes. Yeah. I mean, if you look at certain industries, I mean, I guess we're somewhat fortunate in a service industry that we can do this and work remotely, but when you're in a manufacturing setting and you have people that are affected and can't come in, how does that business continue? It can't. So it's interesting. I was on the phone with, uh, with the CFO of one of our manufacturing clients this morning. And he happens to be in his early seventies. Uh, he's a very young seven, early seventies, but nonetheless is that's his age. He said, um, you know, cause of course people of that age are at higher risk. Right. And he said, it's very hard to ask our manufacturing employees to come in. If the people in the office aren't going to come in, you can't, can't ask the, the plant employees to be on site and producing while everybody else is sitting at home. So they're, you know, exhibiting good leadership and they are on site with them uh, and they're just taking, you know, every precaution they can. And they're one of the ones benefiting from this. They make a product that is consumed when people are home a lot and they decide they want to do home improvement projects. Okay. So that, that keeps that. I was going to say, at first I thought you were going to say they were manufacturing parts for the ventilators that are uh, supposedly being uh, rushed into manufacturing these days. Uh, I'm not sure how quick that can get done, but uh, hopefully that does not become an issue. But all things that I'm hearing is we, we need to be as diligent as possible to keep it from getting out of control. So I think the biggest thing that, that I was looking for from this is, is that information you guys have on your website. I, I, would, I would tell everybody to go there and look at it. I looked at it already this morning, I think at about 3 a.m. when I was up uh, worrying about all this stuff. I think it was up already then, so I went on and I've been on a few times today. But give us that address again. It's www.aprio.com slash COVID. And I think right on the homepage, there's a link to it right at the top, correct? Correct. On the homepage, there's a link. uh, It says, concerned about how COVID-19 will impact your business. Click here. Easy to find. That's it. So, all right. Well, I appreciate you coming on real quick like this. Uh, I, I want you to stay safe. I want everybody to stay you safe. Uh, um, and uh, hopefully, I mean, you and I got together as week as early as what a week and a half ago when you were in Chicago, and you know, obviously things were were, were looking not perfect then, but uh, nowhere what it is today. And I'm, I'm guessing your travel has stopped at this point, correct? Uh, we've put a full travel ban on across uh, the company. In fact, most of our clients have told us that uh, 
they do not want us on site, even our audit clients. So we're yep. learning to do a lot of things remotely that we haven't done in the past. Yep. No. So again, hey, can I throw out one little tip for people? Oh, you definitely can. This is a really cool tip that I learned and it's on our information sheet. Randy, a thing that I want to make sure everybody knows about is if a employee gets sick at work or has, you know, maybe from a client or whatever, but during work hours, there's a way to trace their COVID-19 back to work. Instead of it going through health insurance, uh, you can put it through your workers' comp or might be able to put it through your workers' comp insurance versus your health insurance. And that could be a huge savings for many companies. So I want to make sure I highlight that. That's great advice. I appreciate that. One other thing, I don't know if you've looked into this or not, but I know with all this hospitality industry, uh, restaurants and bars uh, closing down and being mandated to close down, uh, there's an issue with their business interruption assurance not kicking in because of this being a pandemic. It appears that there are some states that are looking at, you know, I don't know if it's lawsuits, but somehow uh, dealing with the insurance companies to to uh, get them to be able to cover this. Have you seen any of that? I mean, I know you guys deal with the hospitality industry. Yeah, I'm not personally familiar with some of the some of what might be going on there. I know that in our real estate practice, we've had literally the entire retail base of a shopping center send a note or send letters to the landlord um, in mass yep. saying that under force majeure, they're not going to be uh, paying their rent on right. uh, April 1st. Yep. Yep. So it's an interesting time again. Well, thank you for being part of this. Uh, your information I think is very valuable and uh, I hope everybody goes to the website and sees that information. Well, thank you for doing this, Randy and your leadership. Very much appreciated. Uh, hang in there. Uh, there there's, there's better times ahead. Well, I'm hoping to see you soon, but uh, that'll mean this is uh, this is uh, uh, gone by the wayside because I won't be traveling for a while. All right. All right. Take care. Thank you. You too. All right. Well, we just heard from Richard Kolpelman, the uh, managing partner of Aprio, and we heard about Richard having to ramp up uh, 600 employees working from home, uh, which sounds like a daunting task. They were they were actually probably set up just as well as anybody to do that, but it still uh, is not an easy task. The next person we're talking to is Josh Lance. Uh, Josh is managing director of Lance CPA Group, and Josh does not have that ramp up problem. Uh, Josh started his firm as a virtual firm, virtual office, and so there has been no ramp-up issues uh, with him. And, and Josh, uh, thanks again for being on this show today. Uh, and uh, how are you holding up? We are hanging in there. It's been a uh, crazy, crazy few days, but uh, we are rocking and rolling and helping clients and uh, making our way through here. Well, that's great. So, so what I what I was hoping we could talk about today. Obviously, you're ahead of the game when it comes to the working from home, virtual office. Everybody's trying to catch up to that now, um, and so I was hoping maybe you could give some advice on you know maybe tricks, maybe things people should be using, doing not only from a just you know staying, being able to stay connected through technology, but with all these people working remotely and working alone maybe at their house by themselves, how do they emotionally and morally stay connected as well? Yeah, I think uh, when you are working remotely and, and trying to manage a group of people all work remotely, it's, it's important to figure out ways to stay connected and have the tools in place to have that connection exist. Um, you know, so, you know, trying to replicate things like the office core, your water core chat or talk around the office that you would have in a, in a normal office setting, trying to replicate that uh, in a way in a, 
uh, in virtual environments. So we use a software called Basecamp. It allows us to do asynchronous chat and talk to each other. Uh, we jump on video calls from there uh, as a way to have that face-to-face, -face, like we are sitting next to each other uh, or in the same room with each other, but doing it virtually. Um, and so I think that's important to have that connectivity uh, because particularly your employees, they're probably a little worried, a little um, unsure of what's happening. And so if you have the if you have those kind of touch points and those ways for them to connect and feel connected with each other, that makes it really helpful and important uh, to really kind of make sure they aren't feeling isolated because it's very easy to be isolated working from home. There's no one else around you. You have other distractions in place. And so creating those connection points uh, makes it uh, makes a much more tenable process. And then how about connecting with clients then? Is that same software you use or is there other ways that you're going to do that? Because you've been doing that remotely a lot with a lot of clients already as well, which other people may not have been. Um, so how do you keep those connections going? Yeah, I mean, we've always uh, had set it up to do our, anytime we met with clients or talk to clients, either do a, do a video call or shooting emails uh, back and forth with each other. But having that, uh, doing the things over video call, I think is really nice because you get to see each other. You get to pick up the, uh, the verbal or the, the nonverbal cues that exist. And so right. um, it makes it feel more relatable, more uh, approachable in that situation and less distant. Um, you know, uh, we, you know, particularly in this, uh, with everything going on, we even set up a Slack group for our clients where we're, any information we're getting, particularly with these uh, changes in the tax law and the FMLA and paid sick leave, we're shooting those things out there in real quick, easy bites for them to have, um, just as a way to have the narrow connection piece, get them data, um, be able to talk through the things as we go along here. Uh, it makes it real easy for them to uh, interact and, and, and be proactive as we go through this process. So that's great. So you just have a Slack, I don't know what you call it, Slack channel or Slack something that yeah. where all your you can invite all your, your clients into and they can connect. And as you're shooting out information, they just get it immediately. Is that that's how that works? Exactly. Any resources, things like that. And it's helpful. They can, you know, ask questions as things pop up and we're able to be there and in the system as they go. And that's helpful. Particularly particularly for businesses right now, because they need a lot of handhold and they're worried and they're concerned about what's going on. And so uh, making those avenues available uh, in this remote way uh, makes it a little bit more of a, uh, a palatable situation. You're helping people kind of get over some of the fears that they're having as they as they talk through these things with uh, with someone in a, a proactive manner. And speaking of clients, then you know, obviously, a lot of my discussions today have been about practice management and and just how we get set up in this this new uh, reality we have right now with everybody working remotely but there's also obviously a huge impact on just our clients that are going on right now and i know a major client the base of yours is is craft breweries um and craft breweries i'm assuming are going to be affected by all the hospitality uh units closing down i know in illinois here restaurants and bars uh, can no longer serve on premise. Uh, your breweries have tap rooms. Your breweries are supplying restaurants and bars. So, so how's that affecting them? And, and what have you been able to do to try to help answer questions for them? Yeah. So, I mean, that is, you know, for a lot of these breweries, their main revenue source is selling uh, in the tap room uh, and on premise. And, and they can't do that. That tries up a lot of revenue and that the uh, uh, can be a, a great cause of concern. Uh, we've been really trying to be practical with our clients to think of creative ways to solve that problem. So we have a lot of clients that are um, sending up online portals to sell beer, uh, doing to-go orders, curbside pickup, uh, doing kind of pub-in-the-box type thing where uh, you can get kind of uh, the same experience you would get inside a brewery but have it uh, delivered to your house. Uh, and find those creative ways. And I think 
uh, you know, it's very easy to look at a situation and say, uh, well, this is nothing's, you know, so nothing's going well here. Uh, my business is going to shut down as a result, but uh, we've been able to work with our clients, think of creative ways to solve this problem. Uh, and that's actually worked out really well for them. They've had, I've talked to a few breweries uh, who've gone with the delivery and, and curbside pickup type deal. Uh, and they've had more sales than they've ever had on a, on a you know, Tuesday or Wednesday of a week. So they're finding their way. It's still going to be a hard road here, depending on how long uh, you know, bars and restaurants and on-premise places uh, stay shut down. But uh, they are, you know, they're finding very creative elements to, to still uh, produce beer, get that beer out, and, uh, and, still, uh, and still exist as a brewery. Yeah, that, that's great. I have heard those stories. Uh, just as a side note, there, uh, another thing that I heard, well, this is I heard because my business partner, and, and you and I have done a show together before and we discussed this, but I'm part owner of a bar in Chicago, so we were directly affected by this. We actually have a, a, a liquor store as part of the bar as well, so we're able to continue to sell that. But one thing that my partner did, which I thought was, was a great idea, as he came up with the virtual test, uh, test tasting, uh, mm-hmm. virtual, basically, you know, a, a six pack of variety beers, people come pick it up at the store or even have it delivered. And then I think it is maybe Saturday night. He's going to get on, on Facebook live and everybody's going to taste the beers together and be able to chat about it and talking about yeah. it. So keeping like we were talking with employees, staying connected, uh, keeping, uh, every individual is connected as yeah. well. So exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that, that's, that's a free, uh, um, um, uh, advice you can give to your, uh, your, your yeah. customers there, your clients there. <laughs> yeah. Is, have you had to look anything into with, uh, uh what SBA is doing and making loans available? Uh, is that, is that hit the front of your radar yet or is it too early in that process? It, it has. So, uh, you know, right now in Illinois that opened up today, uh, to start doing that application process. So we have a number of breweries that are looking into, uh, applying for that to see how what that process goes, see what they can get. Um, you know, I know a lot of them uh, have had to, had to lay off some staff and to uh, cut back some stuff. And so to get some additional funding in there would be helpful. I know the SBA and disaster loans will, you know, they do ask for a lot of financial information. So that's a, another touch point we're having with our clients to right? make sure that they get the information they need to respond quickly to uh, the SBA so they can get that uh, loan processed as soon as possible. Uh, but having the virtual setup is nice for that because we can easily shoot things over electronically. It's all stored for them. They have it. Um, and uh, it, it makes the makes the process pretty easy to work with. All right. So so that sounds great. So so uh, we're not going to want to keep this too long today. And I know you got a lot to do. But, you know, that virtual office, you know, we talked about a few aspects. Any last uh, piece of advice for people that are just jumping into that now before we uh, close off here? Yeah, I think it's, you know, given everything that's going on, it's OK to slow down a bit and, uh, you know, take things as they come. I think it's very easy to get into the panic mode and try to do too much too soon. And that may create further problems and issues. And uh, particularly as you're looking to go uh, making this quick change to your remote office environment, uh, very unsettling to your team. So finding ways to to slow it down and and have things you do with your team to kind of make things feel a little bit more normalized uh, is helpful. Like we're going to do tomorrow, we're doing a virtual uh, happy hour with our team just to, nice. just to have fun and just to relax because it's been a long, hard week. And so, you know, doing things like that is just a way to kind of, you know, let's stop, let's take a breath, let's make sure everyone's doing okay and have a little fun and uh, we'll get to this. 
Yeah, well, that's great. And and so I want to thank you again. I just contacted you, I think, yesterday afternoon. Pretty much everybody that that were, were five or six people were putting on this special episode, I contacted last second. And everybody been so gracious to, to get on. So I really appreciate it. I know it's a busy time for you. I know it's a crazy time for everybody. But thank you for sharing your insights with everybody here today. I think it's very valuable. And, you know, not to overwhelm you with uh, people contacting you, but I'm assuming people can always uh, get your information on LinkedIn or, or your website if yeah. they have any questions they'd yeah. like to share. Or feel free to shoot me an email, josh at lancepa.com. I'm happy to help anyone out there. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. And and you and your firm stay healthy. And uh, uh, you've been keeping, I guess, your social distancing, at least uh, from an office standpoint already. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, I guess uh, make sure everybody stays uh, stays healthy and hopefully we get through this quickly. Yeah. Okay, our next guest on our special show on COVID-19 and coronavirus is Dave Nissen. Dave is managing partner of Mueller CPAs out of the Chicago area. Um, uh, Dave, I know you have had to have everybody go remote. Is that correct at this point? Yeah, we, um, we decided uh, as a partner group uh, late the week of, I think it was March 14th, to go remote. And we, we had a lot of conversation on this, Randy. And what we decided is to have mandatory work from home for everyone except for a very, very small administrative skeleton crew that needed to scan things in or, or assemble a couple things. But most everybody, uh, it was a mandatory work from home. And, and again, I, I, we did that because we didn't want, you know, we know just from history if you said encourage or it would be great, people that were work from home could be looked at differently than the people that felt that they were like a badge of courage to come into the office. So we right. wanted to take that all off the plate. And we basically said uh, mandatory work from home. So we've had about 170 people working from home uh, this last week. And how was that transition from in office to home? Were you, were you prepared, do you feel, technology-wise? Were there any hiccups, or how's that going? Actually, it worked, it's working great. You know, it's a, it's a little difficult for me because I like face-to-face -face interaction, but our departments have done really, really good. Our technology is world-class. Um, I kind of looked at numbers, and work is getting done. It's getting pushed through really, really well and efficiently. And I think uh, the, uh, the important thing is our people are doing are learning how to communicate with each other so one department a couple of departments are using microsoft teams yep. um I'm, I'm on microsoft teams with our accounting services department we we talk to each other in little chat rooms and then our our departments are doing huddles so every day at like i think it's every other day at eight o'clock in the morning for 15 minutes these little groups little groups of four or five people are in huddles and they talk about challenges that they're having or best practices. And so I think, I think things, I think people are spirits are really high right now. And I think they're, uh, they really appreciate the ability to work from home and stay safe. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think that teams and huddles is a great idea. That was my biggest concern with, with working from home. And I've done it off and on for years as well, but just that whole morale, and that interaction with other people and I'm assuming through obvious and, and, and just like you said, running through, okay, here's issues I'm having. Have you guys seen this? Can we help with this? I think that's huge. And, and the technology in place now really helps with that. So 
so overall good, overall quick transition, which is, which is nice to hear. The one thing that you and I talked about uh, briefly before we got on the, uh, the call or before we started recording today was one thing that you're thinking about is already is what services do you need to provide? How are you going to help clients when we come out the other side of this? And, and, and so what have you put, what are you thinking of that? What kind of thoughts have you put into that? I guess. Yeah. You know, I, um, it's interesting. I've got a really, a really nice, a really good long-term client of mine. And, uh, the, uh, the CEO and I, we grew up, we've grown up together and we were very close and we were talking earlier in the week and they have, their orders are good now. Orders are good now, but what they're, what they're hearing is orders in two months, three months, four months are not going to be all that good. And right. I think that ultimately what's going to happen with our businesses is this is going to wrinkle there's going to be a ripple and a wrinkle in their business. So it's, they're going to have some issues. And I think we have to be ready to provide guidance with our clients. And that's going to be budgeting. It could be forecasting. It's cash flow. We might have to help them work with their banks. We might have to look at uh, how to downsize a little bit. But see, what the, the interesting thing, Randy, is that it might be an, an initial downsizing, but it's going to be a ramp up because there, there might be a decline, but then there will be a, a almost a, a nicer ramp up. At least my prediction is we, this is kind of putting us into a kind of a recession, but it's, it's such a, it's so fast that I think when we have, we get ramped back up, it could be a, a, a faster projection upwards than if it was a gradual decline and then a gradual up. So I think it's one of those weird situations where our clients have to be ready for kind of a downsizing, but then how do you right go back up again relatively fast? So yeah. that, those are going to be challenges. No, and I think I think you're right on, and I'm hoping you're right on with the fact that, uh, that it'll ramp up quickly because uh, uh, it's obviously ramping down very quickly as we speak. And, and we're taping this, and this isn't going to be released for a week. It's going to be different by the time this is released. But, yeah, it's 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 pretty significant right now. I, I think today, um, and normally I don't say dates, but we're taping this on 320. Uh, I think today is very ch good chance that there's going to be huge layoffs just announced today. Uh, and, and the percentage of unemployment, I think, is going to be way up there. But we'll see what happens, especially in the hospitality industry right now. I mean, that's a, being hugely hit between the restaurants, hotels, uh, bars, um, a lot of people in that area. So, so, but I think you're, I think the fact that, and I'm sorry, I'm dominating the time here for a second, but I think the way you're looking at this is let's get prepared. Let's, let's know where, let's come up with the game plan, budgeting, forecasting, cash flow, all of that's going to be important, not only on the down here and the up. So I don't know anything else you want to add to that, but I think that's great information. Yeah, one more, let me just add one more thing. We talked about this a little bit, but I, I'll put a plug in for you guys. I really think that, you know, this is the best time for a client, uh, a manufacturing client to a technology company to think about if they did not do R&D credits before, this is an opportunity if they really uh, were eligible to use a tribe merit, calculate the credits, amend returns, and free up some cash flow that they might need while they're while we're in these uh, these uh, times of uh, reduction, I guess. So it could be a, a big opportunity for uh, you, uh, Randy, and tribe merit, and our clients or others' clients to really look at the R&D credit right now. 
Yeah, I think that's important. I think anything that the, the taxpayers can do to to save money or generate money, you know, whether it's a, an R and D credit or a uh, um, a cost segregation study for a building owner or a you know whatever a work opportunity tax credit, anything out there that 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 can help them uh, generate additional either tax savings or more importantly cash coming into the business, I think are going to be important. And I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of businesses looking for that type of thing this year. I think there will be a downturn in that next year uh, just because the profits won't most likely be there. Hopefully I'm wrong on that, but, but we shall see uh, where that goes. I think you've given us great information. You know, we've, we've talked to a handful of people already and we're going to wrap up uh, with uh, a couple more and ending tomorrow with uh, some information on banking opportunities within SBA loans and all that. So I think that's going to be important uh, for a lot of industries to look at that type of information too. Anything else? Or otherwise, I think we will wrap it up and hopefully you're staying safe and we'll do the best we can. All right. Thanks, Randy. Next, I'd like to welcome John Sensiba to the show. John's been on before. John is managing partner of Sensiba San Filippo uh, out of Pleasanton, California, just outside of San Francisco. Uh, California in general has been a little bit ahead on uh, on things like shelter in place and, and a little more uh, uh, cases been going on out there and so john's probably had a little bit ahead of us that most of us in the country on what's going on but but john welcome to the show thanks randy glad, glad to be here yeah so a couple questions just in general how are things how are things at the firm how are you guys dealing with this uh are you getting through it okay yeah i think as well as anybody is with so much uncertainty the health of our people is is good we don't have any any confirmed cases yet uh and it's the mental health really that I'm I'm most concerned about, especially for younger folks. I, I sent a, a video out to the firm a couple of weeks ago when the stock market first really took a big hit, a couple thousand points almost in one day, and talked about how if you haven't been through this before, it could be very upsetting, but we've prepared ourselves well. We're ready to manage into whatever comes, uh, whether or not this is a uh, entry point for a recession. We'll be ready for it whenever it comes, because certainly we're due for one. And uh, little did I know that two weeks later, I'd be sending out another video saying, none of us have ever uh, experienced anything like this before. So uh, we're going to apply learnings from previous experiences, but we'll be uh, really adjusting on the fly and trying to reassure people from a, you know, from a, an attitude and a mental health perspective that things are going to be okay. Yeah, and I wasn't even I wasn't even uh, thinking about that from that standpoint as well, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and from a mental health standpoint, the thing I've been thinking about as well is just everybody working remotely and just not having that interaction. I'm working remotely. I feel very fortunate. There's four of us in the house working remotely, so we have interaction. <laughs> Although you can start to get on each other's nerves for a while, but there's a lot of people there live by themselves, and 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 you know having that interaction, I think, and keeping morale up uh, is important. Which technology seems to be helping with that as well. Yeah, we use uh, we're extensive users of Zoom, which I think is uh, um, true of, of of a lot of companies right now. And we, on Monday of this week, when the shelter in order or shelter in place order went into effect in California, we were prepared to do it over a couple of weeks. And we did it in one day. We shifted our entire phone system to the Zoom phone system, which is really a, a, a robust system that allows us to, re, to operate remotely in a way that is completely transparent to anybody who's calling into our firm. Well, fortunately, I was going to say unfortunately, but fortunately, yep. the, C, the CEO from Zoom 
was a, a very magnanimous person, and he offered their services to schools throughout the country to help with distance learning. And that, that caused some load issues uh, that we experienced during the week. But those were all ironed out by Thursday. And now we're using a lot of video to stay uh, in touch out with each other. And I, I'm like you. I've got my, my wife, who is uh, a preschool teacher, and she's reading books and doing activities online for her students. My daughter, who works at Facebook, is working online. She lives in San Francisco, but she's with us now. Her boyfriend, who's at Pandora in Oakland, is also working remotely with us right now. And then uh, my son, who's a medic on a 911 ambulance rig, is uh, staying away from us. And so is my daughter, who's in law enforcement, because they still have to work and they're right. worried, worried about bringing things to our house. They're on the front line there. Um, well, that's great. Yeah. And that's amazing with the Zoom that they, I didn't even know they did that, offered it up to the schools, but but that's great. And that's the one thing with something like this, you see people stepping up and helping out in all these different ways, which is just, you know, that really makes you, makes you feel good about humanity. It does. A couple other things. I know that you are uh, chair of the board of uh, uh, Stanford Hospitals in the East Bay. Do I have that correct? Correct. And so I'm guessing from that position, you might get a little more information on just the, the medical aspect of this. And is, have you, and has that helped you with you, your firm, your clients? It, it has. I, I think at this point, people are pretty well informed. Yep. Uh, maybe five or six weeks ago when things were developing quickly with um, consultation with the Academic Medical Center in Palo Alto, Stanford, which of course is part of our, our organization, I really had insight into what was happening maybe a little bit quicker than the general public. So we began to prepare ourselves for 100% remote work. Like most CPA firms, I'd like to think firms in the top one or 200 in the country, we're pretty used to working remotely and we have the technology, we've made the investments. And so the shift wasn't all that painful for us. How, little things like how do you get the mail? Uh, how do you uh, take people who still send checks? This is a good uh, I think time to tell people stop sending checks. How do you get that money in the in the bank so you can make payroll? Those kind of things. We had to work through some of those issues. But I think that uh, my experience as a board chair for a hospital really helped us prepare and start to get people mentally prepared for working remotely. We had IT resources for people who didn't who didn't already have a good productive at work or home work at home set up in place to get those things ordered. And so we beat the curve a little bit in terms of some of the scarcity for extra monitors and those things. Um, it also, I think, gave me an insight into the public health risk in a, in a little bit more dynamic way. And we were able to uh, educate our people and uh, really uh, send the message that people are still trying to send today to the rest of the country, and that is stay home if you can. Uh, so I, I feel like we're, we're doing our part as a, as a B Corp. You know, Randy, we talked about that last time we talked. Yep. We're very focused on being good members of our communities, and I think that that early heads up that I had uh, helped us do that in a in a more expedient way. And it's it's I'm thrilled to see how quickly everybody else caught up. I don't I don't I don't think there's anybody now who isn't well informed and who isn't behaving appropriately, except uh, as we talked about before we went on air, maybe some of our parents. Yeah, I, I mentioned that to you. I, I, I've been having to I feel like uh, maybe yells a strong word, but uh, instruct my parents and my in-laws uh, more than I expected to on, on how they need to stay safe. So um, and that's very important, obviously, for everybody now. 
we can't go real long and I don't want to take your time because I know everybody's crazy right now, but I'm just curious and anything that you guys are doing, obviously you are to, uh, to advise clients on, on what's going on now and how to, I mean, unfortunately there's businesses that are going to ha have laid off people. I mean, the unemployment, I think is going to be outrageous uh, anytime soon, but hopefully we come out of this quick and, and get into a recovery fast as well. But, but is there anything special you've been doing on that or contacting clients or client contacting you? How's that all going? Yeah, we are reaching out and communicating broadly uh, to our client base about how to manage into a, a downturn, how to deal with disruption in supply chain, how to speak very openly with suppliers, with lenders, with others, uh, asking for rent concessions where necessary. We're encouraging those conversations sooner rather than later. We're participating in some webinars with local entrepreneurial organizations that want to get their young members uh, information. A lot of people didn't benefit, I'll use benefit in air quotes, Randy, benefit from the education that some of us got in 2008 and 2009. Right, right. So I've dusted off some of the slide decks that I used back then when I did some road shows talking to people about how to manage into a recession. And then, of course, we are preparing our own business to, to uh, survive whatever it is that comes over the coming months. And that means curtailing travel and conferences and cutting costs where we can. Uh, I don't believe that we're going to have to reduce headcount, which uh, is different than the last time around. But I, I consult with uh, managing partners across the country, as well as all the top 100 firms that are headquarters here in the Bay Area. And as, as always in our profession, people have an attitude of abundance. There's tremendous collaboration. We're working together, even though we're competitors, to try and do the best for our people and for our communities. And that, as you said earlier, this is really showing the best side of people. Yep, I agree. I, th I think that that's great. And if anybody hasn't listened to the the show that John was on uh, a few months ago, I'd I'd go back and listen to that because we did talk about 08 and that and and how you guys weathered that storm and how you uh, how it affected you and how you came out the other side. So I think that can hopefully somewhat parallel what's going on now for people and and show that there's hope to come out the other side of this. So um, anything else you'd like to add, John? No, Randy. Uh, well, no, I say no, and then I add something. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, Randy. The last thing I'd like to say is I appreciate your leadership in compiling all this information for people uh, at a time when it's hard not to be selfish and focused on yourself. You're focused on others, and you're providing this as a service, and I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate that. We, uh, we're hoping to get this out ASAP. We're wrapping up, and, and I usually don't put dates, but we're wrapping up uh, interviews on this on Saturday March 21st, and I'm hoping that this will be out sometime before the end of Friday. Yeah, that would be my goal. You could look at it one or two ways, fortunately or unfortunately. This is rapidly changing, so even things we talk about in the last day or two could be different in a week and probably will be different, but hopefully people find this information that you and others have shared uh, helpful, and that's my goal on this. So I, I appreciate that, and I really appreciate you being on. Everybody that's been on has been outstanding and sharing their information, and, and I think if we all work together on this, it's, it's, it's going to help us weather it on the back end. Thanks very much, Randy. Have a great day. Thank you. Stay safe. All right, so, so far today, we've been talking to leaders all around the country on, on the coronavirus, the COVID-19 issue that obviously we've got going on right now. And we, we've heard uh, different pieces of advice from you know technology to how we're advising clients, how we're gonna handle what's going on currently and how we're gonna look at this after uh, this all goes away. 
And my next guest, I think, can give us a lot of advice on both ends of that, the current situation, and how we're going to handle this post-recovery. And now I'd like to welcome to the show, Daniel Pache. Daniel is a senior vice president with First American Bank. He oversees First American Bank's trade finance product line, as well as their lending team in South Florida. As an active lender with delegated authority under all of SBA's programs, Daniel and his team were awarded the SBA Export Lender of the Year in 2017 and the President's E-Award for Export Services in 2018. In 2019, Daniel was appointed by Secretary of Commerce Ross to serve on the U.S. Department of Commerce's Trade Finance Advisory Council, which is tasked with improving access to trade finance solutions for small and mid-sized exporters. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Randy. Yeah, no, we really appreciate you being here. The one thing we really haven't touched on a lot today is really how this is affecting clients and what they need to do. And so from a banking standpoint and just an overall standpoint, I guess, what are you seeing and and, and what kind of advice can you give us? Yeah, I'd say that unlike some of the other um, disasters that have happened, and I'm, I'm based down here in Miami from Chicago, so we're used to hurricane uh, prep and um, you know, this, it's really the scale of this crisis. This is, is hitting on a national level. Um, I don't think there's any business who is not affected. I think you're going to see even more businesses affected as uh, testing spreads and uh, facilities have to be able to shut down and clean up. So what we're really seeing is, is something that is, you know, on a national level, uh, impacting all businesses and having a very uncertain duration. And, and I think that's one of the areas that's impacting uh, most businesses, most most uh, business owners that we've been speaking to, uh, the majority of my week uh, has been spent on on the phone having conversations. Um, I, I I can't come across a business who's not looking for options and uh, relief and liquidity and just to be up to speed. And and because this situation is evolving so quickly, there are you know plenty of different programs being floated out and so much information that it, it, there, a lot of the message is lost through the noise. A lot of the Programs have actually developed even in, in the past week. So right. even if you thought you had information from Monday, come Friday, it might be out, outdated. And and really just trying to uh, keep our customers and clients that we work with up to speed on, on what options and what we are doing, what other lenders um, in our industry are doing, and, and also just being honest about our resources, that um, we are decentralized. We are working uh, largely remotely um, and our, you know, our our bank and many banks are not typically accustomed to a fully decentralized workforce. And that is uh, something we are adjusting to as everybody is. But ultimately, we're, we're trying to find the most benefit that we can bring in the shortest amount of time and something that scales uh, across our entire portfolio. Right. And, and, and from a client standpoint, when, when we're talking about that, so you mentioned there, there's an ever-changing or ever-evolving issues out there, or not even issues, but opportunities for assistance for for taxpayers. And, and the one that I have seen, it's, uh, I, I think the website is disaster.sba.gov. Is that correct? And that's a national yep. federally uh, uh, run program. Um, but uh, you had mentioned to me earlier, every state and even cities have have programs as well. So everybody has to be looking for what's going on. Uh, and and it, again, as you mentioned, day to day as well. Um, but from that that uh, disaster SBA uh, program, do you have any knowledge of that? Or is there any advice you can give people yeah, on that? Certainly. The 
this this is a program um the disaster relief program has been in place for for some time um i mentioned hurricanes tornadoes flooding um you kind of those sort of natural disasters and they're really there uh that, that program was really there to set up businesses with some some additional capital infusion carry working capital deal with the disruption um that has now been activated on, on, a, on a national level that as of close of business Thursday, there were 29 of 50 states opted in. I saw an email go out early this uh, early this morning, bringing some more. So more states are opting in. The rules to opt in have been relaxed and, and the program has been expanded. Right now, the program can support loans of up to 2 million uh, based on some of the guidance that I've received and, and some of the conference calls that I've been on. It appears that there is there's a tier that under a half million dollars there is uh, more of a formulaic driven uh, loan amount, so it's it's fifty percent of your your previous year's gross margin. So, you know, revenue minus cost of goods, and then above a half million, it's going to get into some more specific underwriting. Terms of this, again, this is very fluid, are still not out, and I imagine a lot of it is going to be case by case. But you know, presuming you know it's a half million dollar loan uh, or less, the the, re, the the has a fixed interest rate of three and a quarter. Okay, and is uh, is a rather extended amortization. Uh, I do believe the the amortization piece is going to be tailored in at some point. Um, but right now, they're, they're tra- the applications are open. You know, the, the one and, and Rainy, I know we talked about this. It, it, you really got to pay attention to scale. Unlike a, a geographic region, this is the entire country. Every, you know, seemingly every business is affected from from restaurants and coffee shops all the way up to you know large manufacturers and the amount of applications, there's never been anything like this. So right. a lot of the advice that we're we're giving to to customers and companies that we speak to, even people we're not working with currently, is just if you think you need it, give strong thought to it and get started. And and I think there's a couple things businesses can do in addition to getting the application is just start running projections, start getting, you know, start getting your financial statements together to the extent you can. You know, nobody expects here in, you know, mid-March to have a tax return of for 2019, but just get your financials and get your projections in. Have a way to quantify the impact, set a range for that because at some point with with some of these programs you're going to have to articulate that and there's obviously a lot going on. I think this is really the time to be proactive explore programs you know the the advantage i'd say the sba has is that it's a national program with a distribution method already in place you know a lot of cities i saw chicago set one up certain states have them set up i think that's great and i i just i just am concerned about what the how long the underwriting takes how long the approval process takes how long it takes to get money out not that the the sba is is going to be able to turn it around overnight but that there's at least this is an established program with an established application system with an established distribution method that I think gives it a leg up and and, and a, a, I think a good place to start as you prioritize what little you know the the, the little time you have left in the day to pay right. attention to those. Right, and and the one thing uh, when you and I were talking before recording is this is going to affect. I mean, obviously, it is affecting everybody already, just personally. But from a business standpoint, uh, I think you had mentioned that you know right now, obviously, hospitality's hit hard, um, but that trickles up to everybody. I mean, at some point in time, you've got employees laid off; those employees aren't spending money. The 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 uh, they the the restaurants uh, aren't going to buy any equipment anymore, and the manufacturing is going to slow down, and and so every 
everything's inter- interconnected. So everybody's got to consider what they need to do. And I think that's great advice of, of not only looking at where we are right now, but making those projections and, and trying to figure out uh, what our next you know, 13 months or you know, a year and a half or whatever it is looks like. The concern, I guess, that I have, and I don't know how to address this, any way we look at it, you get these programs, these businesses are going further into debt. At least right. it's a, 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 but it's a way to survive. So how do we plan for that? What do we need to do while this is going on? I think you had mentioned to me before, just make sure you keep up with everything that you're doing from a financial standpoint, make all the payments you can. Cause when we do come out of this, you have to be prepared for that bank to work with you again further. Right. Yeah. I'd say, you know, this is a good time to have a conversation. Um, you know, I could speak for my colleagues at, at first American as well as, um, you know, friends and colleagues at other institutions, a lot of our time is being spent on the phone. I've seen a, a response from a number of lenders uh, looking to issue quick, you know, 90-day interest-only periods on term loans. You know, if you think about it, that's one easy way to provide relief that scales. It's a relatively simple document. You get into payment abate, you know, the abating a payment or skipping all payments entirely for a period of time, then you have to deal with how do you do it? If, if you can, the interest only period works so well uh, from both a credit and documentation side is because you're just modifying, quickly modifying the term of your loan. And, and that provides immediate relief with the, you know, with the next two, with the payment that's next due. Right. So, so you're, you're, you're continuing to pay interest and basically adding those principal payments to the end of the loan. Is that how that works? Essentially. Yeah. yeah it's essentially, I mean, it's, it's very much like treading water, but you know, instead of, Pay, you know the principal portion paying down your loan, which isn't necessarily uh, as vital right now as right. you know keeping some liquidity in the business and right. covering your expenses. You know, but it, but you're right. At, at some point, we're going to have to deal with this uh, as a whole. I think that you know the companies who have established credit lines are going to be utilizing that. If this as this drags on and however long it it goes out for, that you know that that's another piece. You're going to have dead weight sitting on uh, a lot of credit lines. Uh, you're going to have depleted cash positions. Uh, maybe you got a relief loan from the SBA or from another uh, organization. And I think that's something that we're all going to have to plan for because cash flow as banks and, and, and accountants would typically prepare and review with our clients is going to be different mm-hmm. um, after this. And, you know, there is a, I think there there is a good chance for a recovery once once this is behind us. But if you think of an operating business who now has very little liquidity and little access to working capital because they use their their line of credit, which would normally be effectively covering their their payment terms, um, purchasing their inventory and, and whatever vendor terms they're offering to their clients, is now saddled and drawn up with with overhead expenses and and and, and everything coming out of the disruption that. You know, as an as an industry in the lending side, and I think as from certainly from accountants is, is probably one of the closest advisors most businesses have. Yep, that's something that we're going to have to all deal with and, and come up with some strategies for. I think one of the the advantages of the the SBA's disaster program is that the loan term can go for as long as thirty years. Oh wow, probably a little long, but right. You but know, it gives it, you flexibility. It does, I mean, and flexibility is is in short supply nowadays. Right. So you know, I, I I think it's like just to get back to the idea of having that conversation with your lender. We're we're in this together. You know, if you think about it, from we if we have a loan out to a company, we want to see that company survive. That's that's how we get our that's how we get our loan repaid. So right. deferring principal is is a pretty easy ask, and uh, I know there's fear is running pretty high right now, but I, I think 
having that conversation to the extent you can is as a business owner is, is, is I, th- I think one of the best actions you can be taking right now it, outside of, you know, looking for relief and, you know, making some of the difficult decisions because this is about survival. We don't right. know how long this is going to go. All right. Uh, I think that's great advice. Is there anything uh, else that you'd like to advise or anything else that you'd like to touch on before we wrap up here today? No, I think I covered it. I mean, I, I would say that, yeah, I do look at this as, as, as a matter of survival. And, you know, we, we will get through this, but in, in the short term, it's about making the moves, making the necessary decisions to, to ensure that there's an outcome on the other end. Right. The business goes under. It doesn't right. help anybody. So. Nope. And, you, and you're right. We, we will get through this at some point, but unfortunately, not every business is going to survive this. Unfortunately, you know, uh, there's a lot more uh, serious things going on than our business surviving right now. But not, not that once we get through it, not every business is going to survive it. And I think the advice you gave to be planning, to be flexible, to have options, and we get you gave us opportunities or you gave us ideas on options out there. I think those are the people that that know about those options to talk to their accountant to the talk to their banker that talk to their lawyer whoever about let's plan for this let's know and, and and the planning is you have to do it we don't know and you've said it how long this is going to last um but we just have to start using our best judgment to determine that and then and then come up with these game plans yeah. so that we can come out the other side well I, just, I, just to expand on that yep. just quickly that, no problem that i think it's it's also being realistic about the strain on the system everybody's working remotely everybody's working um, less efficiently than maybe we were in our typical office environment that as you're having conversations with your bank, also think about what makes sense for them to do right now. We're devoting a lot, a lot of our resources to uh, these, these interest modifications, and then we'll be turning to the next level after that. It's, there's not a one-size-fits-all approach that, that lenders are going to take, and I think it's, uh, it really comes down to a matter as, as a business owner, having a conversation and just realizing that this is unprecedented and that the system is, is, is really strained as every single loan is seemingly in distress. And, Correct. you know, we've only talked about the commercial side to think about the consumer side. Right. No, I know. That's true. We, that's not even something really, really touched on today and probably should at some point. Maybe we'll have another show. But, but well, I, I really appreciate you getting on. Uh, uh, this, I think, is very helpful. I think it was a great wrap up to all our conversation we had today to, to give us uh, action items of things that we need to be doing, not only now, but in the future to be prepared to come out of this. So uh, I, I thank you again. And, and, Really uh, hope you and your family and coworkers and everybody stays safe out there. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Randy. I hope I can be back when we're talking about uh, what businesses are doing to, to recover. And- so obviously we're in a unique situation here with the COVID-19 pandemic. None of us have ever experienced anything like this before. Most of us are at a point where we are in shelter in place uh, having no contact with the outside world other than what's in the inside the walls of our house. The most important thing that can happen now is that we all stay safe, that there are no additional loss of lives, and that we come out of this healthy, both physically and business-wise. We've heard from numerous leaders within public accounting and banking on the show today about what we need to do as advisors to individuals and businesses around the country to inform them of what's going on with the COVID-19 pandemic, both from a safety to individual standpoint and to a safety to businesses standpoint. The most important thing at this point 
is that everybody comes out of this healthy, but we also have a responsibility to advise our clients on how to protect their businesses, how to weather the storm, what resources are available to them as we go through the situation. And at this point, nobody knows how long this will go on. I'd like to leave you with this wish that everybody stays safe and healthy. And hopefully in the near future, we will all be able to get back together and enjoy everybody's company in person with healthy, happy, running families and businesses. Thank you for listening and stay safe out there.